Tuning in to a new episode of Know Your Carrots. Each week, we bring you a new guest to discuss engineering and culture. We go deep on how they started at Instacart, what they do day to day, and how they have fun. You can find us online at tech.instacart.com, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please write us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to help other people discover our podcast, so thanks. I know with you didn't grow up here, like you like you're from Tel Aviv, right? So like how did you from end up Israel, yes. Yeah, how did you end up in the Bay Area? Uh work. Um yeah. so I joined a company that uh, transitioned all of its operations from Israel and actually were headquarters in New York City to uh, the Bay Area. Um, they acquired another company that was located here and then they moved everybody here. Uh, I actually joined them when uh, I already knew that they were moving, so I kind of joined with the intent of relocating to the United States. Um, it was something that I wanted to do, seems like interesting. Um, I wanted to live in different places since I was a kid. Uh, when I was very young, I actually lived in a different country uh, outside of Israel, and that was like a great experience for me. So. I was had that in mind for the future, and you know I was relatively young and uh, with uh, no family and whatnot. So yeah. I decided it's a good timing to do it. Yeah, that that that's I think a very nice move, and I would say like I pretty much did the same. Yeah. <laughs> in my time, not 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 the Bay Area initially, mm-hmm. but like to to US. States, yeah. where, where where did where else did you uh, live before? Where uh, like... I lived in Tanzania in East Africa. Oh, that's this yeah. crazy when I was place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you like it? It was great. For a, for a kid, it was like heaven. You know, very like great schools, great friends, lots of stuff to do, you know, outside, going to the ocean, yeah. going like on safari, seeing animals. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, I've never, never been to Tanzania, but like probably I need to add it to my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great country. Um, so um, what is, like, what do you mostly do in, as like, as your job? Like, what, like... So what do I mostly do? Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, so a lot of what I do is about people, mm-hmm. um, and that is both about hiring and ensuring that we have a healthy team. Um, hiring is in a company like Instacart that grows, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and that includes everything from uh, the hiring process itself, uh, all the way to actual interviews and you know offers and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, there are other companies not as uh, successful and, and fortunate as Instacart, where hiring is slightly you know slower or you know doesn't exist in certain points in time. And yeah. in those companies, I do less of that. But at Instacart, hiring was definitely always a huge portion of my time. Um, I think the, the other aspect, uh, the other people aspect, is just trying to understand what's going on mm-hmm. uh, and trying to figure out how we can improve. Uh, and there's a lot of listening involved. So I try to talk to as many people on the engineering side and you know, in other parts of the company that work with engineering to try and figure out like what's working, what's not working, uh, and out of that decide you know, where we can try and make changes. Um, so those are about people. I think the... Um, Another big area is um, kind of process, um, trying to make our team more efficient and more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so in that, you know, we would have things like how do we set goals and do roadmap reviews and performance management and, you know, compensation and leveling and things of that nature. Uh, and then there's also like the technological aspect, which is primarily for big decisions, decisions that impact the entire of the engineering organization. Uh, I like to kind of be involved and make sure that many other people who are even more relevant are kind of looking at those things and, and that we, we make those decisions kind of jointly. Um, you know, in general, I definitely believe in decentralized systems and mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> team ownership. Uh, but there are some things that do cut across teams, and you know, if we decide that we want to, I don't know, add a new language to our toolkit, like we need to discuss that as engineering, and we can't just let every team decide what language they they kind of work with, because then it becomes very inefficient to share and collaborate and move around and whatnot. Yeah, because it's like if if one team like moved to I don't know Scala and yeah. like everyone else doing Ruby, it's kind of hard to adopt yeah. quickly. Um, do you? It's not, it's not that it's not possible or, or you know, yeah. like an option, but at least we have to discuss it and, and do it consciously and not kind of just let it happen. Yeah, not that ad hoc. Um, so do I, like, from the way you answer it, like, do I understand right that, like, you kind of, uh, like, over time you kind of moved, like, away from kind of being, like, more technology-centric to, like, being, like, more like, people-centric? Like in, in what you do, or is it just like to, uh, I think a bit really, of a strange? It's, it really depends on the company, mm -hmm. and especially on the size of the company. So in large companies, if I'm part of large companies where the engineering team is large, mm -hmm. uh, then A, I would probably not be the best or even remotely like good coder compared to everybody else. Uh, and on the other hand, I will have a much larger impact in dealing with people and process and you know, higher level technical decisions. Um, if it's a small company, and I've been part of, you know, many companies that were, you know, less than mm -hmm. 10 people, yeah. uh, then I was, you know, hands-on coding and, yeah. you know, doing everything that all the other developers did. Yeah. Uh, because that's where I could add more impact uh, or have more impact. So it really depends on, on the situation. Interesting, yeah. I never, I never thought about it, like, being the, the question of scale. It's like, the, the, the bigger, uh, yeah, the bigger the company is, the, the more... Um, Working with people, giving you the yeah. the, the um, yeah, like a leverage, yeah. like more leverage. Exactly, work. it's yeah. a matter of where the leverage is. Yeah, right. Inter um, uh, this is interesting. So, um, do you like what are, what are technologies like that like you actually passionate about right now? What are what are the things that like you really kind of looking right now and think oh this is like the uh, the future, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not maybe not like remote future, but like maybe something that we're like using right now. Like uh, a lot of people right now are very passionate about Snowflake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Snowflake is great. I think Snowflake, you know, brings the simplicity and the ubiquitous of SQL with the scale of you know distributed systems. Yeah. So I think it's definitely something that that I like. I like the concept. Um, you know, we don't have enough you know real kind of world mileage on it, so mm -hmm. we can't say if it's really great as, as advertised, but we're getting there. Um, you know, um, I have a very strong preference of being very pragmatic, mm -hmm. uh, which is, for example, why I, I fully support the SQL path, because SQL is easy, it's flexible, etc., etc. And everyone knows uh, it. Everyone knows it, yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, if SQL works, why go and do other crazy shit like Hadoop and whatnot, yeah. right? Um, 
and I think Snowflake specifically kind of allows you to get all the benefits from SQL with some of the benefits that other distributed systems have. Um, you know, I think for the same reason, uh, we're still on Ruby on Rails, right? Uh, it allows developer productivity, which is probably the most important and crucial and scarce resource that, that we have. Um, and yes, it's not fully optimized, and yes, we can probably run on way fewer servers if we change everything to Go, mm -hmm. but does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. So try to find the pragmatic technical solutions um, you know, to, to our business problems. That, that's kind of how, how I optimize. Can you name like a few more like pragmatic <coughs> uh, solutions that you think like was like really good like that we adopted or maybe like you really liked them before? Um, you know, I think adopting React uh, and JavaScript is is something that you know I think was a good good move. You know, when I joined, we were kind of debating between different frameworks mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, we also had a lot of legacy and backbone, which probably still have a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I think going with something which is very widely used uh, is, is definitely uh, a plus. I think, you know, engineers like it. I think engineers want to work in it, uh, which, again, is, is great. Um, you know, when we've made the decision, there weren't many other options. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that even if today, uh, you know, there were a few options and one of them would be, you know, I don't know, faster or, you know, lower, you know, file size or whatnot, you know, yeah. better download speeds. I would say that's not the most important, you know, criteria. Yeah, so like the pragmatic decision would be like to kind of wait all, all the yeah, things and like all the different having, having, having the ability to say find like React people easier yeah. right now than yeah. anything will help. Uh, you know, we had a similar dis discussion when we introduced Cassandra a couple of years ago. Uh, we had, you know, the same conversations when we introduced Druid. So it's not that, you know, we don't want different technologies and new technologies. Uh, it's just they have to, to make sense for us uh, mm -hmm. on a broad set of, of criteria, not just on, you know, are they the most efficient or are they the, you know, most advanced in terms of, you know, technology. Yeah. I didn't, like, do, do, can you think of anything that you really wasn't happy, like, the, like, decision to introduce something wasn't really that pragmatic or like that... Smart, smart in um, the hindsight. You know, uh, this might be debatable, but um, you know we have two message buses that we use. We use Kinesis and we use Hub, which is based on Rabbit uh, and Q. Yeah. Uh, not sure that that's wise, um, <clears throat> and we've kind of debated that when we decided to to introduce Rabbit. Um, I don't think. Well, we didn't have Kinesis though when we. Kinesis actually was available. Uh, back then, it didn't have all the capabilities that it has now. Um, so, um, you know, hindsight, not sure that I would make the same decision again, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, Hub is working for us pretty well. We yeah. were, like, we're using it a lot. Uh, it's working well. Um, you know, I think the way that we tackled kind of splitting the monolith could have been done probably better. Um, you know, we started very quickly with uh, catalog areas. Actually, the first thing that we did was extract the catalog database, not even the catalog app. Yeah. Uh, because that was the biggest problem that we had, and we gained a lot of benefits from that. And then we kind of started going slower, and um, at points I wish we, we went faster. And I think, 
this is especially true as we grow the team because I think now it matters most for developer productivity and not for you know anything else. So I would definitely do that faster um, and change kind of our investment. Um, you know, we haven't done a lot of like huge technical decisions, so I can't say that. Uh, you know, I want to kind of reverse all of them. Um, I think the team has been pretty pragmatic about about those decisions, and I think the the kind of evaluation was was right for that time of the company. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, and I think we like overall, at least like from my point of view, I see that like we we we're doing a very um good job kind of doing like the weighted decisions on like the new things and uh although uh, sometimes like I, I notice that like we have this like nice um like the the moving force between something. So like Alex for instance was like this huge force be, like in uh, behind Kinesis introduction, mm-hmm. like in the kind of more hardcore way. Yep. And we do need this like the champion champions and leadership uh on the project. Um uh, which yeah and that working great for us um i think that you know kind of finding new technologies based on like grassroots need is is the way to go like why would you impose something tops down if it's not needed mm-hmm. just because it looks good on paper or whatnot uh so following that path where somebody like alex sees that this is the way to you know improve the system and there's no other tool in our toolkit that can do that so we need to pick a new tool that's awesome. Like that's yeah. love for more people to do those kind of things. And the same, by the way, happened with Cassandra, because we saw that uh, you know Elastic did not you know get us to where we needed to to be, and we introduced Cassandra. Um, so I think that approach actually is a, is a pretty solid one, uh, of you know starting with the actual pain. And yeah, trying and, and trying to crawl yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gear. Yeah, maybe, get, maybe one more, uh-huh. one more thing that you know we can improve on. Um, I think the one thing that we're actually not very good at is capacity planning. Um, we're scaling very fast, and we've not had many terrible issues, but we've had a couple, uh, and they were because we were not looking far ahead and we did not anticipate where we're going to be and plan accordingly. Uh, and I think we need to get much, much better at that. I, I know that you was working on the eBay, right? So they probably like had similar. eBay issues. probably had a hundred people working on capacity planning, um, but but I think for us it's just a matter of like being a little bit over optimistic, uh, being stretched very thin, and not considering it as a top priority. And the fact that it's usually okay in only rare cases is a problem. I think of makes it very normal or, or human to kind of ignore it. Um, and the way, like, you're, like, but, waiting to get bitten in yeah, there. <laughs> but, but, but it is a problem, and it is something that we need to get better at. And that, you know, that's applicable to databases, it's applicable to, you know, things like Redis, it's applicable to anything which is, could be a choke point, anything that doesn't scale horizontally, like, we need to think about. How do, how do, how do you do it, like? It's, it's both tooling and process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you can do more or less of, of you know, the other. Uh, but you just need to pay attention to it. You need to make sure that you, have, you measure the right things, that you know where the breakage points are, that you're consistently either looking at it on a weekly or whatever cadence that, that you need, and that uh, you react sufficiently ahead of you know, the, the, the point break, where you yeah. hit the wall. Um, 
and you know if you want to do more on the tooling side, then you can actually develop you know automatic monitors and alerts to, to do that. And if you don't want to spend the time on doing it, then you just spend the time on reviewing things more manually. Um, but we, we currently don't do either, so it's not good. Yeah. Well, I remember that the first pain point, which we like talked about a lot the last year, was like the database size that we like hitting the roof. Uh, and uh, thankfully, like that was solved for us. But I, I agree that like since then well, we that that we actually did did see ahead of time. Uh, but I would I would say that we were lucky because we didn't have a system to actually identify it. We just stumbled on it. Once we oh, stumbled man. on it, and we kind of realized that, oh shit, it's going to happen in X month, then we started working, and our work actually allowed us to extend the timeline uh, sufficiently until AWS provided us the, you know, kind of a longer term solution. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was all, all within our hands, and we had like, you know, we knew what we were doing, we knew how much time to live we had, we knew what our efforts could, you know, deliver, uh, you know, we knew where we were going. It was it was a good plan. The, the the problem was that we were lucky, right? So you know we could have missed it, and then it would have been a huge problem. Yeah, I just wanted to add that like it it seems that like once, like in the long term goal is kind of solved, and we see that we have like a, a lot more space in front of us, and like their AWS is kind of keep getting better and better solution with Aurora and what's not. Yeah. That like we can just like calm down this like so much that it's like it's almost not like you almost don't hear about it anymore and uh yeah I, I, I wish there was a technical solution that would be you know would solve everything right but right now there isn't there, there are limits on every technology that we use hopefully those limits are beyond what we need but we just need to continue and keep tabs on it we can't just assume that it will always be better we can't assume that you know, by the time we'll need more CPU, Amazon will come out with a new instance size which will have more CPU. <laughs> yeah, that's just like it will probably happen, but we yeah. we can't. It's not guaranteed. Yeah, and uh, and you like and you know how much uh, robust this like new solution will be, even though they test everything mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah, um, yeah, th th that's very good insight. Which uh, I I agree with. Like, with, I didn't hear like us talking about this a lot. Although I know that like there are our search team like trying to talk about this like uh, but they apparently don't have really resources and bandwidth to so properly. The search team has done an amazing job right now at understanding what the usage of their system is and who are the culprits and whatnot. I think one of the challenges of search is that it's a shared system. Um, so there's no one owner that you know feels the pain. Um, but I think they have and continue to provide a lot of great tooling and hopefully they will also include some processes, some of the manual, some of the automatic that will help each team kind of figure out what they can do to help our systems. And kind of mimicry like their path to uh, its usage. Yeah, um, but um, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and sure. um, talk about um, like like the place of like kind of mentors and like like in in the in your path, like when I asked that like when I asked Mafi about that, she like really actually mentioned to you that okay. <laughs> that he was like working uh together like um um uh, before and uh, that she, like she she was like she's like yeah like 
ev everywhere like you you will go like if like, she will probably love to join it because mm -hmm. uh, she know how it is to work with you. So, do, do, like, did you have like a mentor who like you can name? That, okay, that's that's like, the person that has like huge influence on you. Yeah, I I definitely followed a few people. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, there was one person. Well, in general, I follow people. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, in many of many of the jobs I had, I joined those companies just because there was somebody there that I trusted, and I thought that if they think that it's a good home for them, it will be a good home for me. Um, the first person uh, was actually in my first kind of formal professional job. Um, I knew him from kind of another world, which was I was part of. He was. An amazing engineer, an amazing kind of developer, uh, a great systems guy, um, and when he told me that he was one of the worst people in the company, I was like, I want to be in that company. Actually, he was probably one of the best, but he was humble. <laughs> but e even even him being one of the top in that company, like that company was probably the best place in terms of like individual abilities that that I've ever worked at. Um, and I worked, you know, with him, for him on, on a team for quite a while and and then we kind of split ways in the same company and, you know, we, we continue to to work together and, you know, kind of collaborate uh, later. Uh, in that company, I met my second mentor. That's <laughs> just um, convenient. Uh, yeah, very convenient. And um, I actually followed him to the company that brought me to the United States. Um, and we're still friends. Uh, and he, he taught me a lot about uh, organization and leadership and management, uh, both good and bad. Uh, and, um, you know, definitely helped me grow uh, as an individual. Um, you know, in addition to that, there are other people who I've worked with that I kind of, I'm not sure I'd call them like mentors, but they're definitely people that I reach out to when I have a junction, you know, in my life and I kind of consult with them and bounce ideas off them and, you know, get their opinions because I think they're very smart and they're empathetic uh, and they're good listeners uh, and, and I appreciate their, their guidance. Um, so there are a few of those who, who I've worked with in different companies and some of us, like keep in touch with each other um, throughout. How how do you, like like um how how would you find your mentor? Like, do, do can you give like any advice on on that? Because I think that this is like the mm -hmm. question that like a lot of especially like uh, novice engineers has. Like, everyone understands that it's like the good thing to. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure that I have a, a recipe. You know, the ones I found were actual colleagues or managers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never been in like a formal mentor program where I found somebody. I've never kind of seeked out somebody who I did not know. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, so it's very hard for me to go out to people. I need yeah. to form the relationship. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Um, so, you know, I, I think actually the, like the workplace, which is where you spend most of your time anyway, kind mm -hmm. of is the most natural place to find mentors. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it doesn't have to be 
formal, right? Like if there's somebody that you enjoy talking to and they enjoy talking to you and you can have conversations. That's that, like that, mentoring that, enough. That, yeah. that is a mentor, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the mentor gets something out of it, the mentee gets something out of it and, and you know, both, both thrive. Um, I've been a part of some formal mentorship programs and I think it works during the program. Sometimes it kind of continues if there's good chemistry between the people. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually never extended it beyond the program. So I could not find a relationship which was so good that it just continued. Uh, but again, you know, this is one data point and there yeah. are many other people who have. So I can't say whether it's good or not. I'm sure that some people can find great mentors through that. Um, but my personal experience is always through, through the job. I see. How do you, how do you um, learn new stuff in general? How do you discover the things that, like, like how, do, like, how do you put on the ra radar that, oh, like, this is a new thing? Um, in, not necessarily technological, right? Yeah. So, so I think that, um, professionally speaking, I've had the luxury of people trusting me and giving me the opportunity to fail. Um, whether, you know, when I started companies and failed, uh, whether when I go into a role and I grow with a role, um, people are always willing to, you know, to bet, uh, you know, on me. And I think people are, in general, it's not just me, like, I think businesses, companies, other people are always willing to give other people chances. I think that's how you learn. Mm -hmm. you, know, you try to do things which you're not good at which you haven't done before. Yeah. Uh, and you do it. Like, you know, you, you learn, you go to other people who have done it and you ask them how they did it, you ask for help, you ask for feedback, you, uh, you know, you deal with the failures, uh, and you do it. Like, we, we can all do more than what we do now. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt uh, can, in that. Can you give, like, an example of, like, where you learned by failing, like, in some... I maybe am, terrible way or maybe not so terrible. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. give you an example. Um, as you know, one of the things which I strongly believe in at this point in time is that engineers should really care about the business that they're in and should understand the customer, should understand the system, should understand the business need and be able to apply that towards their solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time when, when I was very different uh, I used to work in, I don't know, networking equipment and, you know, there was a spec and we built a spec. I needed to support this protocol and that protocol and, okay, that's what we did. We didn't care about why and what. It was all yeah, about how... That is very different stuff. engineering, right? yeah. Um, and when I moved to, at some point in my career, actually when I moved to the United States, I moved from, like, building the pipelines of the internet to building internet applications for consumers. Mm -hmm. Very different. And in the beginning, I was like, I'm an engineer, just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Uh, and, you know, I realized that that's not the way to build a great product because we're all consumers and we all understand what it is and we all have you know, a good head on our shoulder and our opinions, you know, could be as good as anybody else's um, because we understand what's, you know, what the product is for and why it's being used. Um, and I kind of changed, changed my mind, changed my approach pretty completely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have failed as a manager many times, you know, there used to be a time where I uh, gave constructive feedback in public. Um, 
assuming and hoping that more people will hear that and would learn how to you know perform better. Um, I was called on it, you know, very directly, and you know, I kind of realized why that was not the best way. Um, you know, I move between different cultures. When you move between different cultures, lots of things are new and, and different, and you, yeah. know, you have to adjust and, and adapt. Um, that happened too. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, an entrepreneur, and at some points I was a failing entrepreneur, right? Um, but through that, you know, I learned how to, you know, how to create a company, how to build a team, how to try and, you know, uh, get customers or how to get customers, uh, how to, you know, raise money, um, and a lot of things that I've never done before. Um, but somebody was willing to, you know... But, and uh, let, let, let you do yeah. Uh, and some of those things I did successfully, and some of those things, you know, I did not do successfully. Um, uh, uh, this is very insightful. Um, so, um, so when, when you know that, okay, that's the thing that you, like, maybe failing, and this is the new, and you need to kind of dig in. So, like, what's your, like, kind of favorite, like, maybe, like, learning style? Do you, like, do, 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 like, read books or, like, watch the videos or go into conference? Like, really f try to find some people in your networks that can help you with... And, like, or maybe it's yeah. just different based on the type of the problem at hand. I think it's different on the problem, but I would usually try to talk to people who have been in this situation before. Um, and even once I think that I have a solution or a path, I would seek a lot of feedback from many other people who, not necessarily, of course from people who have been in the situation, but also from people who are kind of learning together with me. Um, because I think that different perspectives matter and they help you build better products, whatever the product is. Mm -hmm. you know, the product could be a recruiting uh, yeah, process, product, right? right? Yeah. Um, so never assume, like, never assume that you that you know it or you that you've gotten it or whatnot. Just you know, you could have some good ideas. Um, you you usually think that these are the best ideas because otherwise you'd have created better ones. Um, but other people can can you know give you a different perspective and you know let you get into two even better ideas. I see. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that, that's a good approach. Uh, like, basically, you can uh, polish. Like, if your idea is really good, you will polish it. Of if it's not, then you will get early feedback versus trying to yeah. jump both sits into something that like not really. Like, which is clear to some people who already touched it like that. It's not, yeah. not, not, not one, so far. One of my most memorable memories, you know, from from writing code is that the first person who I mentioned was, yeah. like, I, I look at him as a mentor. Um, the first time I read his code, I was humbled. I was like, oh, I thought I knew how to write code. Yeah. And when I saw... and and. It's true, like I always did, the, like I wrote the best code that I could, you know, I yeah. thought it was good because otherwise yeah. I would write better code. Um, and when I saw how he wrote his code, I was like, oh, that's how you do it. And, and I completely, I thought that, you know, before that I thought I was like, I don't know, to a certain level, now I was like, you know, so much worse than yeah. I thought I was. Um, but that was a learning opportunity, right? And, and I learned way more. Um, so I think just by having more people, like, review what you do, and just by soliciting more feedback, uh, you can learn a lot and improve a lot. 
speaking of coding, um, do you, do you, like like I know that you don't code nearly as uh, enough as like you used to, and like probably you would yeah, love to. I, I do not code much at all. Yeah. Uh, so, but like. What's your, what's your like relationship with like there are all the different paradigms that like exist and like I know we like using the Ruby which is kind of like yeah. kind of object oriented but not really in some cases. Uh, so what like what what do you think is like the like what was the most logical for you maybe like more the like, most convenient or like there. So I've been trained in C. Okay. Uh, not even C plus uh, plus, and I found JavaScript. Uh, very easy to kind of work with, um, even when you know it's a little more object oriented than C. Uh, if you want it to be, you don't you don't necessarily have. You don't it. have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it shows my age, and and maybe it's you know kind of contradicting my previous uh, kind of thought about pragmatism. But I really love engineers who really understand um, the stack kind of all the way. Um, I know it's not needed today. I know that it's, you know, you can be way more efficient just, you know, generating like, you know, code that, that gets the user what they need without really knowing what happens in the database and what happens in memory management, all those kind of things. But I still respect people who do understand all those things. Um, it's not logical, but I still do. Um, you know, besides that, I I don't care too much. Like, I think you can write really, really good code in whatever language, whatever environment. Uh, it all depends on how you do it. I think there are definitely, you know, uh, frameworks like, like Rails that make it much easier. And I actually respect Rails a lot for taking out, you know, all the debate about conventions and, you know, whatnot. Uh, I think that makes us more impactful. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if somebody wrote something in assembly, I would respect them probably more if they wrote something <laughs> in the, in, you know, in the Rails. Yeah, that, uh, that, 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 that's a good point. Um, the amount of <coughs> abstraction that you normally have to hit when you, like, write in the good Rails code is, like, like exponentially low, smaller, lower, yes. right? Yeah. Then like when, it, yeah. it makes us more productive. It makes us deliver better business results faster. You know, it, it does all the right things. Yeah, and and I guess like the SQL being the here, like the ultimate, like even more higher, uh, level language because it's like it tells you, like you tell it like what you want to mm -hmm. get, like not how you right. need to write that. Um, and I guess that's that's why we ever like people like um, Snowflake right. <laughs> because that's. Uh, that's a such a high level approach to the distributed mm -hmm. problem at hand, right. which normally you, it's very hard to tackle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so c can you like recommend like any like or maybe not recommend just like maybe like the last um, book that you read that you really like you really liked it uh, both technical and non technical. Um, so I think one of the last books which I've read was Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, which was interesting. It's about psychology and kind of how the human mind works. Um, in terms of uh, technical books, 
I don't think I've read a technical, like a deeply technical book, you know, for the last couple of years, honestly. And the last one was in a book club at Instacart, uh, which I think was, uh, what was the name? Maybe the Programmatic Programmer or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't recall. Um, I think my go-to book on engineering is The Art of Unix Programming. Uh, it's a really, really fun book. Even just reading the prefix is... is Sufficient, honestly. <laughs> I, can, I can second stuff. that. This is such a fantastic book. <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm actually reading a book about uh, management and leadership called The Advantage. Uh, so maybe that's a professional book for me right now. <laughs> uh, you know, many of those books, like you can you can read the back cover and understand the gist, but it's it's interesting to read them end to end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, and I think that the last question, which again, it's like, it's not really um, strictly speaking about coding. So what's, look, what the set of tools that like right now we're using every day? So Quip. like, yeah, so <laughs> you have to use Quip, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I use whatever everybody yeah. else uses. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely do more, you know, documentation than code. Uh, but I do use ISC, I do use, you know, Vim, I don't use Emacs. Uh, I know that was one of your questions. Uh, you know, I use Sublime uh, to do what I need to do more than just like, you know, a line here, a line there. Um, what else? Uh, I don't use a, like a full-fledged IDE now, but when I, when I did write a lot of code, I, f- I actually found IDEs very, very useful. Uh, I like that they, you know, kind of take all the need-to-remember stuff away from you. Yeah, um, I'm on the same page. I'm like, I'm not really a Vim or Emacs guy. I'm like, I, I need my yeah. IDE to be smart for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to feel like hardcore. I think the question is, how do you get the job done the yeah. most effective way, right? Um, so I, I will try to get the best tool for that. Um, what other things do I use? Um, I noticed that like you, you were doing like a lot of stuff with um, AWS and like they're like comparing the databases like yeah that's there's no tools involved it's yeah. just like understanding systems mm-hmm. which, which I enjoy doing like sometimes in my free time I just go and look at database matrix uh, don't tell that to anybody <laughs> <laughs> okay well <laughs> it's kind of the word is out so. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thank you, Woody. I, I think it was great and very interesting. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm yes, sure like everyone... Right. Yeah, uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. And thanks uh, for doing this whole series. It's great. Know your carrots.